<laughs> it's April. What day is it? <laughs> April 6th, 2020. It doesn't matter anymore. Sunday night. It does not matter. It's true. We are streaming live. And uh, we have a bunch of great guests with us today on our Outside In Happy Hour chat. Uh, I'll let uh, everyone introduce themselves since I know that they all have such great radio voices. They're going <laughs> to win you over with their dulcet tones. So uh, we're going to start with the two that haven't been on the show yet. So we'll start with our West Coast correspondent, uh, <laughs> Jeremy Siskind. <laughs> hey, what's up? My name is Jeremy Siskind. I'm a pianist. Um, I actually just had a record come out last week on Outside In, uh, which is called Perpetual Motion Etudes for Piano. It's a recording plus book projects of uh, some pieces for piano that are way too hard. Um, and that's written material and some improvisation. And uh, yeah, I'm based in the LA area. And I'm honored to be here. First time caller, long time listener. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, Chris? Uh, my name is Chris Teal. I'm uh, mostly a drummer and a uh, teacher. And let's see, I am based out of Fayetteville, Arkansas. So whatever, ever, everyone kind of has a different idea of where that actually is in the country. So I might be Midwest, I might, might be South, you know, whatever, whatever you bring to the table, I'm around there. But uh, let's see, project, oh yeah, we have a Institute for Creative Music Collective uh, tribute album or release, not a tribute to us, but that's coming next year. Tribute to uh, St. Vincent's, an album is coming out on Outside In uh, this Friday, is that right, Nick? Yes, that's correct. Oh, okay. Cool, excited to be here. Great, uh, how about Nick? Yeah, uh, my name is not Nick Vincer, probably you can a trombone player though uh, i live in new york city i had a record come out uh about a year ago um called Fairlawn on outside in i also have one that i self-released a couple years ago too called 10 minutes um yeah just uh happy to be doing something here in quarantined new york city We've got not, not a lot going on right now so not not a bad thing and caleb uh my name is caleb curtis i'm a saxophonist and um I, ha I have a collective ensemble called Curtis Garabedian's Barraza, a trio, and we have a record out on Outside In called New Year. And um, our plans for doing the follow-up have been postponed due to this situation. So whenever we get a chance, we'll be back in the studio for our next one. And um, I have a record out on Imani Records called Brothers. And also uh, a couple of years ago, came out with a album called Freebird with uh, another collective band called Walking Distance with Jason Morano on a piano on Sunnyside Records. And, um, but those seem long ago, those <laughs> recordings. Uh, even though I, I have a new album coming out in the fall, also on Imani called Ain't No Storm. And, but that was recorded in March of last year. So it already seems like another life. Um, but I'm looking forward to that one coming out. I guess that's how these things go. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, there's a very important question I have to ask to our two new new callers, the, the two existing callers, I suppose don't really need to answer unless they have up, want to update their answer from the last time they were on the chat. But uh, we've been asking all the artists, um, if you had to quarantine with a, a living or dead musician of your choice, who would it be and why? But a lot of times it turns into a discussion about who you would not want to be stuck with. Uh, 
but uh, such such people as uh, let's see, Miles Davis has been a, a, a common not wanting to be quarantined with person, mm-hmm. or and a, sometimes a spouse is the most uh, the the most common uh, actually wanting to be quarantined with them. I can't speak, sorry. And uh, yeah, so Jeremy, who who do you think you would want to be quarantined oh. with? Wow, this question is so difficult because like you want to say something motivational <laughs> like about who you'd want to learn from and you know really um, really pick up their tips and tricks. But really it seems like the main thing about being quarantined with somebody else is like just being able to deal with them on a day-to-day basis, right? right. Like this so is I the challenge. Yeah, I'd love to say a Thelonious monk or a Miles, but I don't think I could like be for that long um for some reason my mind keeps going to Joni Mitchell I don't know um I, but uh, it's just an end wealth of creativity and you know she would kind of keep things light and entertaining also with a lot of musical depth I don't know Joni Mitchell just came to mind I'm going with it it's a good selection I think it's a good selection um yeah. you, you you think you'd get sick of of her after a while though I think I get sick of anybody after a while. <laughs> Honestly, I probably get sick of anybody after like a couple days. <laughs> but that's more on me. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, and Chris, what, what are you thinking? Um, I think I, I mean, I would take just about anybody, but like in the actual, like they, they are dead and embalmed sort of phrase, phrase right now. Not nothing against my current situation. I could just actually like use use some silence. <laughs> ah, yes. So I am down for whoever needs me to babysit, you know, uh, their mausoleum right now. That would be that'd be great. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, well, we have a new addition to our quarantine chats that I'm taking. Hmm. We're taking live questions also from from Facebook. So there might be questions <laughs> that come in. Uh, the oh, latest was from like uh, questions. Yeah, so there could be some questions that come in. So if you're watching live on Facebook, feel free to drop in a question. Or if you have my phone number, you can always text me and then I'll see your question. Um, can I text you? That'd be okay. Yeah, you could, yeah. Nick, you could question text me. for Nick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the, the most recent comment is coming in. Chris, uh, there's someone that wants to take uh, radio voice lessons with you. Uh, mm. Ken Colombo. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take him from Ken too. We'll we'll have an exchange. <laughs> That's fine. So I know everybody's, you know, distracting themselves in different ways uh, during this time, uh, distracting or inspiring yourself or finding something some, something to do with your time. So I'm wondering, um, kind of, if you have any recommendations of new music, new books, podcasts, shows, and anything that's yours, kind of taking up your mental space. Uh, during this time that you might be able to recommend to other people. Let's start uh, with the other half of our chat since uh, you guys answered the question already. Caleb, have you been checking out anything, thinking about anything? Well, I've been in like uh, allowing my TV addiction to flourish. Um, (laughs) I've fallen back into old habits, which I'm not super proud of, which are to uh, allow myself to watch a show while I practice. Um, <laughs> which means basically like exercising with the saxophone in my hands mm-hmm. while a show happens. Oh, sure. Um, with subtitles and whatever. So I did just cruise through season three of Ozark and, um, you know, not so fun. I, you know, I, I think I, like, <laughs> looking, I really would like to find something like 
nice that I like. But uh, <laughs> uh, there's not a lot of that on TV at the moment, or at least I swore I watched it already, you know. Um, but then I said this uh, last time when I was on the chat, but uh, Ted Poor has a really beautiful new record out on Impulse called You Already Know. Yeah, man, I actually, that was the one that I, I love that record, man. It's, I, un, it's unbelievably beautiful. Yeah, it's great. I love it. And also, um, I recently found out about this uh, Joe Lovano quartet record called Classic Live in Newport with Hank Jones and George Mraz. Nice. And, oh, this is bad. And someone famous on drums. <laughs> Louis Nash, I think. Yes, no yeah. um, and it's it's got, it's great Lovano playing, uh, mm. which, you know. I was like, and then, um, yeah, I don't know. Me, I'm a media consumer. <laughs> uh, I like Better Call Saul. Ah, yes. I think it's better than Breaking Bad. Ooh, that. wow. Bold statement there. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Nick, you got anything that you, you've been checking out? Yeah, well, we, you know, record? that Ted Poor, I'm actually checking that out a lot, and I mean, uh, being uh no, it's a uh, you're talking about dark stuff, Caleb. It definitely is. That stuff seems to resonate a lot. I mean, not a lot of happy shows really seem to be, uh, you know, calling me right now. I've I've, yeah. I've actually been rewatching The Sopranos, which is kind of, <laughs> nice. um, you know, it's a good show. It's great. Um, I'm listening to Ted Poor record a lot. That's also real man fits the time a lot. You know, I, I live right by a hospital, um, and Manhattan has been cool. It hasn't really been hit too bad um, in terms of uh you know covid stuff but it's still it's you know there's a lot of sirens and it definitely is like a time war zone-esque um so that ted poor record real real dark uh real sad real great though really good um oh, I, but yeah, I, 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 I hear it as uh oh you as, like it as, yeah, as, as, as like celebratory mm, interesting i think there i mean it's 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 a great album so it has a wide it variety of it, it it's got a lot of different stuff going on but i mean there's something the starkness to it, it, I feel like is really, you know, kind of pulls you in a little bit more into sort of a, a darker, I don't know, to me, to a darker side. I mean, I feel like it is really, it's got a lot of emotional range. Yeah, yeah, so, definitely. You know, but, um, but yeah, I've been watching Sopranos a lot. I've been actually practicing kind of a good amount, which is nice. Um, I've been playing a lot of Bach, um, doing those cello suites, which you probably know, Nick. I mean, it's just kind of a bear for trombone. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, I so think those are hard on any instrument. They're hard on any instrument. Yeah, I actually got this, uh, yeah, you Yeah, you have harder box to deal with. I guess you could play any orchestral arrangement. But, um but yeah, I've I've been doing that. I've been doing some practicing and I've been just trying to trying to chill out and hang out and whatnot. Um it's you know, it's 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 a it's a hard, weird time, so I'm trying to be gentle, you know. Yeah. For sure. Uh Jeremy, what have you been checking out? Well, um, I kind of started doing semi-unintentionally a weird thing, which is that I realized that there's no list that I can find on the internet of every solo jazz piano album. So I started making one as best I could and uh, with the help of people on Facebook. So I'm now up to over 400 solo jazz piano albums. Uh, and of course, as people have been suggesting them, there's been a lot of stuff that's like really, I'm like, oh, I want to check that out. I didn't know that existed. Um, so I think the one that's gotten me the most excited so far has been uh, Bill Carruthers' album, where um, he plays like songs from the Civil War, mm -hmm. but he's like 
I don't know if you guys have checked out Bill Carruthers. He's a genius and he does them in all these crazy polytonal ways and he just plays the instrument so well. Um, there's Cedar Walton and Mulgrew and Kenny Barron solo piano records that I was not familiar with. Um, there's a Gonzalo Rualcaba solo piano record called Faye. Um, that's really, really great. So um, I'm definitely digging into a lot, way too much just like piano um, stuff. Um, Rewatching some Curb Your Enthusiasm, oh, yeah. and nice. then uh, I've been rereading re a couple of books. Yeah. Um, Reread David Foster Wallace's Brief Interviews with Hideous Men, which is a great yeah. classic, and uh, reading some Raymond Carver short stories right now, which are also very stark. Um, so maybe they fit in well with the time. So uh, yeah, those are the key things I'm checking out. So did you guys see the um, uh, uh, Larry David's uh, COVID announcement? video yeah that was pretty no, good I did not, so. <laughs> oh that was pretty good that was pretty good yeah he's like having weirdly like a moment because the new york times also just did like a big story about like what's larry david doing right now <laughs> question everybody's <laughs> asking themselves <laughs> question. yeah 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 top of mind Open, he's Very opening important. a spite store <laughs> <laughs> that's true actually yeah <laughs> uh what about you chris what uh, you been checking out? awesome um let's see i've been Checking out a lot of stand-up comedy uh, lately, so been digging into uh, Michelle Wolf. The new Mark Maron special is is good and of of this time. Uh, there's a podcast. Um, oh, I can't remember the name of the the interviewer, but called Good One that digs into um, like a specific joke from a different comedy special, and so it's it's kind of cool to hear, you know, the behind the scenes and and like the the way that people construct those jokes and uh things like that and so it's adds a little bit of levity but you know as modern comedy or, or just like comedy through throughout the ages it's it's always can be very topical and uh interesting and relevant as well um so let's see stuff like that uh oh yeah there's the new eliza schlesinger sketch comedy show is really hilarious so i think that just came out recently i would recommend can, that can, can i can i jump bizarre. in uh sure. You may not have oh, yeah. has a new Netflix mm -hmm. special. It's fantastic. Yep. Yeah, we just watched that the other night. And uh, Maria Banford is doing a Zoom show like every oh, day. Cool. Like a like Zoom Maria show. Banford. She's great. Yeah, she's she's amazing. So we, we tune into a couple of those. Sorry to interrupt, Chris. Yeah. Oh no, they're they're, they're great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then yeah, trying to trying to read a lot. Uh, a good kind of diversion from all of this that also had a lot of um, I don't know just real overblown uh emotions this uh what is it a confederacy of dunces uh was it john kennedy tool it's really really hilarious this larger than life uh character but the the consequences of his actions are not uh you know dire in in a way that uh real life characters often can be so it was a good kind of escapist perspective on uh our current times so that's been good and uh this uh the Overstory was another book of kind of short, short stories that came out a couple years ago. Um, so yeah, fiction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I need a little, yeah. little escape every now and then. Yep. Uh, oh, we have a question from the, from the chat. Uh, it's kind of a specific question for anyone, I suppose, but uh, Carol Fiore, she's a great jazz supporter from Tallahassee, Florida, actually. Uh, she's wondering if anybody has checked out Christian McBride's new CD, The Movement Revisited. You guys check that out? It's like I have not. I haven't either. 
just a, I've only heard just a little bit of it. It's like a record that involves a lot of um, spoken word as well as uh, uh, it's like a whole production kind of show kind of thing. But uh, yeah, it's an interesting. I think no. it came out. I'll have to give it a visit. Yeah, I did hear. He was, he, oh, go go ahead, Gil. Sorry. Another thing about Christian is that every time I hear him, I overwhelmingly uh, strong he is at the bass, <laughs> and uh, it's like especially when you get to hear him in person, which would be nice. Uh, it's so it's like shocking in a way, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that how. And then he fades into the background of my mind, and then he, he he shows up again, and he's like a super. He's like a superhero. He does everything, because he's got yeah. that show, that radio show, the Jazz Night in America, and he's got the big That's band right. and the small group, and he yeah. runs Jazz House Kids and everything else. I don't know how yeah. he does it all. Yeah, man, I, I heard his trio at um at the at the Vanguard, um, and they, I mean, it, it was incredible. Uh, this was probably about two years ago. Um, and it was kind of amazing. They played a tune. They played a free tune, and I, I I loved it. It was like some of the best free playing I've ever heard. Which is kind of you know you kind of don't associate um, Christian McBride with like being a heavy like free jazz player. But man, they did this thing, and it was I, it was it was amazing. I mean, it, Christian Sands piano player was like uh, you know just the interplay with them was really it was so cool. And it's like something I you don't sort of associate them with doing, but man, so, so strong. Like, so Christian was strong in the bass, but he was really, you know, everything was, was so uh, sensitive. It was really, it was really nice. That was a really great thing to hear. It'd be cool if they did a record like that. You know? He's one of the only ones that can step into almost any situation yeah. and yeah. be completely uninhibited. Yeah. And totally in the moment and a part of the, you know, like an authentic voice in the thing. On, yeah, on, on, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to hear um, they released one track, the new Joshua Redman yeah. mood oh, yeah. swing yeah. band thing. Yeah. There's a video. Of, come there's out. a video of them. Mm -hmm. Did you see it? Yeah, yeah, I saw at it the, at the Falcon. Yeah, is that is the record live or did they did a? Uh, no, this just they put out like a single last yeah. I heard. But you know, I just grew up listening to all of those oh, yeah. guys and idolizing all those guys, and so. Hopefully they're great, and, sure. uh, but I mean, each of those guys individually is so great. Yeah, yeah, it's really crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think it comes out next month. I think. Let's just say I was I was listening to that the other day. Yeah, it's, it's very soon. Yeah, there's yeah. a single, and then yeah, yeah, but that's a good band. That's a good. Yeah. Band. <laughs> <laughs> strong, pretty good. strong rhythm yeah. section. Yeah, pretty, yeah. pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty good band. Pretty pretty. pretty good. Uh, <laughs> And uh, but the, that's the same with uh, Blade and McBride did those records with Chick Corea too, mm, which yeah, I, right. I really like those right. mm -hmm. trio records. Yeah. Sorry, we've taken on a, a divergence yeah. here yeah. into into Christian McBride land. I wanted to ask you, um, Jeremy, a little bit more about you know this book, and maybe it has something some connection to Brad Meldow in some very non linear fashion <laughs> but uh so what what kind of was the inspiration behind doing this whole book and, and cd project is i know it was a really big project and so i'm just yeah yeah it did end up being really big um really big in terms of a lot of work not really That's big right. as in significance <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so the project is perpetual motion etudes for piano and um yeah brad Meldow is a great person to bring up because a lot of my favorite modern pianists, you know, break so far out of the technique of playing chords with one hand and melody with another hand. 
um, in particularly their solo piano work. And so um, I wanted to learn how to do that and they wanted us to learn how to do it really fluid, fluidly. And there's also an element, um, so, you know, professional motion means that you have something going on every single beat. Um, and uh, so there's also kind of this element that it was training myself to get in more of like a somewhat zen performance zone because like if you're doing something every beat um, then you can't let anything go right you have that moment where you're freezing up so uh, and also they were kind of etudes exercise written for my own you know benefit um, and then I kind of ended up liking them as pieces and wanting to share them with both people who wanted to play them and just people who wanted to hear them so um, yeah they're uh, they're kind of miniatures um, and then they each have what we call optional improvisation, um, which means that the pieces could be played with just the completely through composed version for a classical musician, or they could be played with improvisation, which is how I record them. Man, the, they seem so hard. The videos- <laughs> They're super hard. <laughs> wow, they seem really hard. <laughs> yeah, it, it was like, and it was hard because I wanted to write something that I wasn't currently capable of playing, but then you can't hear it because you can't play it. So you're like, okay, I don't know if this sounds good. So it was kind of this back and forth between writing a little bit, learning a little bit, writing a little bit, learning a little bit, um, and then trying to integrate the improvisation. Because you know, these are such complex, rich textures that it, sometimes trying to improvise over them, it sounds like the bottom just kind of drops out. Right. So that was the other big challenge. Like, how do I uh, approach this as an improviser to make it really blend with uh, the things that come before or after? So are these things that you feel like you could also, do you also use these type of etudes when you're teaching? I know you also teach a bunch. Yeah, um, I have had a couple of students decide to take them on. I, honestly, most of my students aren't really kind of at the level that they want to be dealing with this. Sure. Um, I don't really think of them as like teaching pieces, you know, in terms of like, oh, you know, involve them in your pedagogy. but. Uh, they definitely stretch my brain in other ways. Um, so I think they're great for students to take on who might want to figure out, okay, how would I get, you know, how would I adopt some of those textures that people like Brad Melbaugh or people like Brett Hirsch or Gonzalo Rubalcaba, you know, incorporate in their playing. So um, hopefully there's something people could learn from. Right, oh, I'm sure. I just, I learned how overwhelming the piano is by watching you play. Yeah. <laughs> Still learning that lesson. <laughs> Have you guys been checked out any of um, Fred Hirsch's concerts? He's been posting like every- Oh, cool. Yeah, every day, I think. Day? No, every day? Nice. Yeah. Wow. There's a whole repository. Yeah. I don't know if they're still there nice. if they go away, mm. if he deletes them. I don't know. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know, but I, I know it's at one Eastern every day. One Eastern. Just a, a really yeah. short set. Mm -hmm. oh, Chick's cool. been playing like every night as well. Oh, I mean, think, yeah, I think on a wow. less rigid schedule. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember seeing him like, saw a video of him. He was like going through a bunch of his compositions. Like he would play mm -hmm. and then he would stop and then he'd just start talking about, oh, oh cool. yeah, I remember when I wrote oh. this or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. I don't hmm. know. So I don't awesome. know. Nice. So what else are people working on? I know people are, you know, maybe <clears throat> have talked about some of the things like playing Bach or their etudes, mm -hmm. but we heard kind of what Jeremy's big project is. Uh, what else, what else are you guys thinking about during this time? Well, I've been Anything wondering, new? maybe, the, I actually sort of want to ask Jeremy about it, but I'm sure. trying to uh, figure out how, to, when I get to the end of an A2, to, to feel the same as I did at the beginning. And, you know, it physically, 
And I find when I get to the end, I'm all like fucking worked up, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> you know, instead of instead of relax at the beginning, and it so seems so far away, the possibility of like getting the the effort. So like, you know, for me, it's like this. It's like a line with the horn, but just like to get the energy all focused directly this way, and uh, to keep my fingers relaxed and. So I, I don't know, I've really, I've been trying to let all of that tension go, but still have the power, you know? Um, and I'm just finding it very, very difficult. It, it is, you know, it starts at the articulation and ends like in the pinkies, you know? And it goes through the whole thing, but... Uh, and you want to ask me about this? <laughs> no, I wanted to ask you, like, if you're doing these etudes, when you're doing these etudes, how do you feel after you finish it? Like, um, and or like, how do you deal with that, the the like physicality of the effort of getting through it? Because, I mean, you're talking about this like sort of this flow state with them, yeah. That you can you can do it and not get caught up inside of a single beat. I think that those those things are related because the tension comes from trying to play it instead of just playing it, right? That, that was deep. That was deeper than any answer I'm going to come up with. Thanks, guys. See you later. That's enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, it's funny because the first thing that I usually talk about with, with pianists who have this kind of question is breathing. You know, deeply involved with that. Um, I mean, I try to, like, I think when it's going well, I'm listening for a longer line. You know, if my thinking is note to note, then I'm going to be putting forth a lot of effort and I'm going to be putting forth a lot of strain. Mm -hmm. But if I'm thinking phrase wise and I'm thinking in just in terms of gestures um, instead of, you know, individual notes, that's where I have more success. And there's a funny thing that happens on the piano. I don't I think it does happen on some other instruments like Chris probably the drums and, and other places where you know, you want your muscles to be coordinated with the way that you're trying to phrase. So like your big muscles make your big motion, your small muscles make your small motions, right? Your fingers play the notes, but your elbows play the phrases on the piano. Mm -hmm. um, and those sorts of divisions of labor keep you from getting tired, right? And so that when I think and listen in those long phrases, I start using those big muscles more. And if I'm thinking note to note, then I'm tensing up I'm using my fingers and all those smaller muscles more. So I think in the moments when it's working, I'm not feeling so tired because I'm thinking about this long phrase and using those nice big muscles to move slowly. Yeah, I, I, I think that's interesting uh, just because I, I, I feel a lot what you feel, Caleb. I was actually watching this. Um, it, it wasn't a Dave Holland video, but it was Robin Eubanks posted this recording he did with the Dave Holland Quintet, except they were honoring Dave Holland, so it wasn't Dave playing bass. Um, oh, I forgot who it was. But I basically, Robin Eubanks and, and Chris Potter were basically playing for basically like 10 minutes straight. And I was thinking like, man, when I, whenever I do that, I just feel like I'm tripping over my feet. Um, and I think it's a wind, it's almost, it's different if you're playing a wind instrument in a way, just because I, I used to play a lot of, when I was in high school, I played bass a lot. You know, bass players always playing. Um, but the, the when you're playing wind, it's like almost you focusing on the breathing is so much more involved with playing the instrument that you can't, you know what I mean? You almost can't separate the two in a way that kind of like brings it back. You know, you can't get back to 
reality in a way. Um, but I don't know. I, I, I just am echoing how difficult it is because I, I feel that way too. When I'm, if I'm doing a long eight, I mean, especially playing these Bach things, you know, this cello suite stuff, it's like, it's, you know, you're pretty much constantly playing and like, you know, cellos, whatever, you don't have to breathe in the same way where the music stops. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's a similar feeling. Yeah, but any wind, and I mean, yeah, brass is really brutal, and I, yeah, bone so I mean, hard. Cut, you, know well, I mean? you, you mentioned Chris Potter. I think one thing that Chris Potter can do, that also, you know, other many other people can do, but his, the level of musical uh, intensity doesn't doesn't equate to a physical intensity, mm -hmm. right? So, we, and that's something that I'm thinking about is you know, more of an on an improv improvisation side, but where the uh, physicality of being intense, or no, sorry, the musicality of being intense is separated yeah. from the physicality yeah, yeah. of being intense because they're not the same. Mm -hmm. And you know that because there's no way Coltrane is playing like mm -hmm. with the way you, ima I imagine my body if I try to play like that. I was just going to say, because no. like his, all, all the stuff that you hear, like he was just dead you know, all of those masters from back in the day, I mean, and today too, just like dead on, like when they're playing. It's, yeah, makes sense. I also wonder how much of that has to do with just the reality of, of playing with other people while you're doing that. And so it just kind of in a, in a social way, maybe forces you to like get outside of yourself in a way that if, if you're entirely like blinders on, like I'm, you know, just feeling and moving and things like that, it's, not necessarily like socially awkward, which is why people at that level, you know, maybe don't do it, but it's just that they've opened, opened themselves or maybe they've practiced through certain ways that like big physical movements um, serve them. And then they're, they're so, you know, just, just meditative with it, that the, the experience is entirely communal and they're, they're having that, that sort of interaction and, you know, big, big movements or gesticulations or, I don't know, physical gestures kind of make make the, the social situation of playing with other people kind mm -hmm. of less, I don't know, connective. Mm -hmm. That's right. big, the big physical movement, when I see someone do it, makes me crazy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I think like, yeah. how dare you do that? There's no way it's <laughs> helping. Where they're like that. They're, they're yeah, or anything, you know, it's like, yeah. or when you see somebody and they're not set, they're not settled, they're not strong behind the instrument. You know, their body is like contorted some weird way, mm -hmm. you know. It is and, unsettling to look at, yeah. Yeah, and, then, and like, man, did you not think about it? <laughs> there are also some people that are really, I think that maybe like <laughs> the way Jeremy was alluding to are are very um, deliberate with their movements in a way that's that's almost, you know, like like they're they're dancing with it. And mm -hmm. it's like this, this doesn't necessarily need like the weight of like stomping your foot or something like that, but um, I don't know. I, I guess I can. I, I've been in a lot of situations where I have the same same reaction as as you were saying, Caleb. Where it's just like, oh, that really frustrates me to see somebody, I don't know, like gyrating or, or something. Um, but then I don't know. Maybe I've I've just also come come to appreciate the that there's a deliberateness that that can also be be with that. And I, I think that there are, there are people that that also like do it totally just for for effect um, in a way that oh, they're sure. not, you know. <laughs> doing it to bring people into it. It's like, look at, look at me. Don't look at what else is going on. And it's like, you know, they're having a show. Whereas some people yeah. that can, can make, take I don't know, on a different level that actually connects with the band and I don't know, with the audience as well. There's something that uh, 
Kurt Elling said in a master class that I've just been thinking about ever since and wondering whether it's true, but he would tell people how to scan to breathe properly. Mm -hmm. And then he would say, I've already done this. So I get to stand like, like this, <laughs> yeah. like, because right. I understand how it's supposed to feel, which I think is so interesting mm -hmm. because I always look at, you know, those things about posture or how you want to be at your instruments. Like, Oh, once that's in there, like, that's how you do it. <laughs> you know, you want to do that same exact thing every time to maximize it. He's like, no, I've got the feeling of that. Like, I can do anything I want now, which I, I thought was really interesting. That's a really interesting thing, too, just because, you know, having that feeling is like the movement informs the feeling, which is or the non movement or whatever the posture informs the feeling that you go with when you're executing X, Y and Z. It's interesting. Like, I just want to say the movement thing, Dick Taylor, but probably the best bass trombone player. I mean, one, one of the best probably in the world. I mean, that guy, he moves so much when he plays, but he's one of the most powerful, um, you know, one of the most powerful bass trombone players around basically i mean it's um so it's it's interesting just to to think about you know like what are you taking you know what is uh being subtracted when you're moving and it's like you know being able to play the bass trombone number one but being able to play it like him <laughs> being able to play it like him the way that he moves it's like it's like okay so maybe you know maybe it's a similar thing maybe he's figured it out to a point where he's you know he's he's got it down and he's those movements are helping or whatever you know? I don't know. I I find like whenever something is going wrong while I'm yeah. playing, I often I'm like, oh, I've gotten myself into a strange like <laughs> absolutely place. Yeah, exactly. Either yeah, exactly. with stress or tension or like I, yeah. standing weird. It's like a release of the tension chair. almost. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes I use this to like move around just to like mm -hmm. get back to like the fundamentals or like whatever part of those fundamentals. At least for me, you know. Yeah. Like, yeah. John O'Gallagher told me that he he practices a lot without playing but just holding the horn and imagining the imagining as much of the detail as possible um while he did it so the sound he in, like the pitches the sound the articulation the feeling of practicing just but without actually of, of playing but without actually doing it and uh, then when I went home and tried to hold the horn and not play, I was like, oh, man, I've never held it and not played it. <laughs> yeah. you know, I always am playing what it's in my heads. And, uh, and, but, there's, but there was a lot to, there's a lot to be learned for me from, from that in terms of like finding where the tension is in my wrists and in my arms and stuff that maybe in a different way I wouldn't have noticed um, because I had never just like stood there with it. Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, do you guys find it, are you guys like constantly amazed like I am how, I don't know, how those elementary things like continually seem to like slip away from you? I'm just like, oh hey, I have no God. idea how I'm supposed to like sit at the instrument right yeah. now. <laughs> you know, I, like how do I get myself set and, and mm -hmm. you know, and then of course like trying to instruct students and you're like, oh, I should know that. I should really know exactly how to tell them how to hold their wrists and yeah, I kind of yeah. know. Like, I know so it's really wrong. Yeah, yeah, it's it's so personal though. I mean, it's like it's such an integration of how you're feeling. It's like that that quote you said about Cordelia. It's like integration of how you know how the posture makes you feel, or you know, like is this making you feel tense or is it making you feel relaxed? You know, I mean, I feel like that's you know we have like the right way of doing X, Y, and Z, and if it's not, you know, that is not always integrated with what feels right with us, or we don't make those neurological connections between like okay this is what is relaxed and strong or this is just mm -hmm. what's tense and strong and like you know what does that look like in terms of how you're holding holding the horn or whatever and it's a it's a su super interesting yeah i mean it's mm -hmm. like 
yeah always going back to the basics it's so yeah. freaky to reevaluate a basic thing yeah it sucks <laughs> you know <laughs> recently i was like wait how do you articulate <laughs> i was like how long have i been playing for <laughs> you know since i was 10 and i don't know how to go ta 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 oh you know i and uh yes. and that's like man it's terrifying to have to evaluate that stuff you know sure. yeah mm-hmm. it's been really interesting okay oh, oh uh i was gonna say it's been really interesting for me i've i've been teaching percussion to uh like one of one of my teaching jobs is for middle school and so like not not only are, are are the students for the most part pretty much beginners but just thinking back you know that it's it's just sort of like an op awkward physical and social mm-hmm. time in, in everybody's life and so like every day we come to class like it's it's certain ways like like just sort of getting reoriented just starting totally fresh because not only are you trying to get you know the sound level of you know 15 middle schoolers uh you know just chilled out but get their bodies still get them able to do this do the stuff and so i think that i mean one of the my observations that's been really really effective is just to like you know to start from complete silence and and just actually like like pantomiming or mm-hmm. just doing doing the thing just like standing you know even without drumsticks and just like okay what does this feel like can we mm-hmm. just just be aware of of that you know when it's not making all this sound and having it come back at, at us and i mean i think it's it's also been interesting for them too because i i don't imagine that there's there's a lot of uh, expectation for that, like in in the daily life of a middle schooler, to come and like be quiet and like listen to your body and listen to mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what what these imagined sounds of something in percussion class, which would normally be just like cacophony all the time. So I think that that's been a really interesting, just like beginner's mind experience for me. Yeah. That's so cool. That's awesome. I was going to ask you guys in the piano world one of the kind of big subjects of study and trends is what's called body mapping. Do you guys do that with your instruments as well? So, I don't know about it. Can you some, explain some it? So the idea of body mapping is very interesting. It's, I think it's essentially that we all have misperceptions about what's actually inside in terms of our skeleton and our muscles and how they interact. And if we correct those misconceptions and if we learn about the skeleton and how what kinds of joints are ball joints versus which kind of joints are I can't name another kind of joint, um, but um, then we can actually correct our habits and work more ergonomically with our body. You know, so for example, talking about that, you know, your finger we think of it ending where the skin comes in, but the finger you know ends much further down here, and so we get so much more power on the piano. Like if you feel where your finger starts moving, it's below the knuckle. Um, and so all of those, these like sorts of things, um, Mm. because so, and this is a trend, I think, because so many people get injured playing piano um, because we're not working with our body. So, um, it's pretty interesting. It's a whole, whole subject of study. Yeah. That happened. I mean, I I feel that way with lungs and just sort of, uh, I, you know, the various like Arnold Jacobs and there are all these different kind of, uh, uh, pedagogical views of how to engage your lungs and how to engage your breathing and you know thinking about oh are you expanding your breaths to the side or are you expanding it down or you know how your lungs are sort of moving when you breathe and it's kind of like a uh there's a lot of controversy almost and how how people breathe and like how you're supposed to breathe um and it's like so there's there's a very similar way of thinking especially in like the classical or you know just nuts and bolts trombone 
uh, world about that kind of thing. I, I think about that a lot. How, how are my lungs moving? And like, but it can be helpful really to think about, think about, you know, what's happening and where you're going. I mean, you guys are lucky that that comes into pedagogy pretty early. Like when did you start hearing about breathing? Day one. The, yeah. Yeah. The physicality of breathing and how it works to produce a note. It's the first yeah. lesson, right? Yeah. Especially with trombone. Cause I mean, there's such a tendency to be like, you know, to like just right. spit out the least amount of air as possible in with the most right. tension. Like I, I, you're talking about middle school kids. I have, my students yeah. are all, they're majority of middle school kids yeah. and they're all like, they're all, I'm just like more air, more air from your lungs, not from right. your lips, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, it's totally, it's totally mm-hmm. a thing. So. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I think in my experience, and I guess there, I'm sure there are people that had a different experience, but uh, I didn't really start to hear conversations about breath and lung, like expansion, mm-hmm. or just being breath until I was in college. Mm-hmm. And really? uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, there were a lot of things that I learned about later than a lot of people. Um, but, you know, there's, a, I think there's and I didn't take classical saxophone lessons ever. And so maybe if I had studied with a classical teacher in high school, I would have had more of those discussions about the, the, you know, the physical path of the air through the body and through the, you know, the, the breath in and the, and the exhalation and how that interacts with the reed and goes through the horn and all this. And, um, but I've been sort of left to, I learned most of that by practicing trumpet and talking to people about trumpet. Mm, yeah. And uh, I mean, that's where I got the most information because that's, you know, it's like you can either do it or you can't. Yeah, I mean, true. You know, it's like, you know, when it's not happening, which is pretty much all the time for yeah. me, you know, but uh, but this idea of, for breast instruments, when you, as soon as you're done breathing in, the air is already, already coming out, mm-hmm. you know, that you don't introduce tension by holding the breath in your body. Well, that's not something that people always mention. They don't get to yeah. that part. And that's the part that... I have been engaging in with my students a lot is because I've, I've come in, in touch with a lot of people that are injuring themselves. And so mm-hmm. they're getting what they focal dystonia from playing with too much tension and playing without understanding. Because like Nick said, this is very controversial in the, in the brass world. <laughs> I don't know, crazy. maybe it's the same in, in with piano and drums or some little thing, but like people will argue about this and like, like Nick was saying, like where to breathe, like is it up in your chest or back or down or sideways, mm-hmm. up and down. But like what I've decided is that, what I've decided, the thing that I go with <laughs> in my teaching is just like trying to help the student find the way that feels the most natural and, pro- yeah. and produces the result that we want. Yeah. Because otherwise just like, to me, just the, the enemy is the tension and then we just exactly. want to be relaxed. Like- so there's all these people that subscribe to this thing called the breathing gym. And I like, it drives me insane because they like, they like, okay, you're gonna breathe in for four beats and out for four beats and in for four beats and out for 12 beats. I'm like, that's fine. But you know, you're like freaking yourself out and getting so yeah. tense. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. That's a, that's a whole thing. We, they, I feel like that could be like <laughs> a, a podcast on that, man. Cause it's like, a, yeah, I, I'm down, you know, I can just listen <laughs> and talk about breathing. Yeah. Sorry, uh, like, but definitely all, t- uh, re- reduction of tension. That's the, um, I imagine it's the same with the drum. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, a- anything, it's weird. It's like the, every, everything we do is tension. It's like this weird tension and release, you know, you like, and it's like, our, our, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Can, can I ask like a mildly dark question? 
Okay, yes. so for me, like, you guys have like basically super powered lungs, right? As brass players, or maybe to a lesser degree as a woodwind player. Um, and coronavirus yes. is a lung disease, right? Does that mean that you feel like, you know, your lungs would be more able to fight it, less able to fight Man. it? It doesn't make any difference. I so did it's, think about it. <laughs> so it's crazy. I actually think that I had this. Um, it was really? about, uh, yeah, about three weeks ago, I had a fever and I felt like there was basically like a cinder block kind of on my chest um, for a while. And I, I was practicing, you know, I, I was practicing pretty much the whole time. It wasn't bad for me. And I, I don't know, maybe I didn't have it or I, there's no way of really knowing because the testing was so, mm -hmm. you, you know, it, the testing was hard to get here. But um, but I, I felt like I definitely noticed it more when I was playing. You know what I mean? It's like the, the expanding of the lungs thing. It was just, it was just like it was, it, I mean, who knows? Because we've been doing, you know, we've all been probably practicing pretty regularly for the better part of our lives now so it's kind of hard to know like how you feel without it happening but i mean i, I definitely felt like it was real like i noticed it way more than maybe other people i mean i was just it was like it was very noticeable to me especially when i was playing and especially like i was like Man, i can't you know i, I mean certain. we know other uh wind instrumentalists that have yeah. very serious um you know experiences in this yeah. And, uh, and so I would say that even if it feels like we can take in all this air and have all this power, the, the intensity when you're really sick with it overwhelms that. Yeah, absolutely. Beyond, yeah. Yeah, there's a trombone friend, friend of ours that's yeah. on a ventilator or a ventilator respirator. I don't know which one. Yeah. Like not, yeah. not doing very well. Yeah. So I don't, think it, protects, I don't think it yeah. protects you at all. No. 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 Yeah. Would be nice. Playing, so you're not going to see a big spate of people just trying to play brass instruments. Uh, <laughs> just to work out their lungs. Fair. Yeah. We didn't say a national brass program. I would imagine that if you know, it's not any better than someone who's running. Yeah. Mm, in terms of using, if lungs are really breathing. It's definitely something I've I've thought about. Like also from a running perspective or just doing other heavy exercise, just like kind of kind of pausing in, in those sort of moments of like, okay, this, this is pretty, pretty lucky, especially given the current situation mm -hmm. to like be able to have full capacity of, you know, of our facilities and just like remembering like, okay, this I'm, I'm really tired while I'm doing this, but this is pretty, you know, fortunate and, and being, yeah. being thankful. Like, okay, I can, I can run up this really steep hill and it, and it feels terrible. It's like, that's, <laughs> pretty pretty lucky <laughs> yeah to be able to do and just kind of noticing those little things because yeah as, as we're finding out that, that, yeah don't want to take it for granted because don't don't really know <laughs> but i don't think also like with, with nick what nick is talking about about no tension mm -hmm. i don't think that we're we might just be more aware of our lungs than some other people but uh we don't have increased capacity yeah that's like him yeah that's not uh, we're not doing anything any any like is you don't want more you don't want to have to work out so like your lungs so much to be able to play that you need extra capacity you know it's just enough to use what you have right but you have to be you have to use it with awareness and then you know it feels good to take a big breath i think some people don't really know what a big breath is mm -hmm. true you know yeah it's a, a fascinating concept. we're spending this whole time talking about breathing i love it that's good. Oh, topical, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's very topical. And then is there any overlap between yoga and uh, brass playing, wind playing? Those people claim to have the most 
you know, they, they're super into their breath. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I did, I did yoga. I, I did, I did like a year and a half, kind of, a couple times a week yoga. Um, it was, it was great. I mean, <laughs> if, if I it totally kicked my ass, you know, I mean, you know, got things good in a physical way, but I actually didn't feel like there was a huge overlap. Um, for me with it, you know, I, I felt like there were definitely two different sort of practices. I mean, I definitely, when I, when I practice every day and I take a, you know, I, I do like a breathing part of it where I try to really expand my lungs. And, you know, when I did the yoga, that's sort of part of it. So I felt like I didn't have to do that um, on the, those days, you know, when I practiced it. But, but other, other than that, I, I didn't personally feel that way when I was doing it. Maybe I'm not, I'm probably not very good at yoga, but <laughs> I mean, that, that's probably a given, but you know. I think probably any sort of exercise, any, any exercise in physical awareness, uh, just like we were talking about earlier with being relaxed and, uh, and awareness of your body and how it works, mm-hmm. all those things are, re- are related. Um, yeah. I mean, I've had experiences. I had experiences right at the end of my time at Eastman where I was like exercising a lot and losing a bunch of weight. And I started to develop a bunch of tension from um, like working out too much. And like uh, when I was lifting weights, I was carrying all the stress in my neck. And then when I would go to play, all of a sudden I couldn't play because my neck was all like freaked out. So uh, having that awareness of relaxation has been important for me throughout throughout the whatever. So I don't know. Well, I appreciate all of you guys and your time tonight. Um, mm-hmm. I love to go around just one more time and let everybody kind of tell people who are listening and watching uh, the best place where they can find you and your stuff on the internet so they can listen or watch your crazy piano videos um, and uh, kind of where they can connect with you and just whatever else you want people to know about you. So let's start with Caleb. Okay. Uh, you can find me, on, you can find my website, calebcurtis.com or I'm on Facebook and Instagram. I'm happy to uh, correspond. I like having conversations, you know. One, you know, one thing, and we're not in the master class, but everywhere I go to do what I get a chance to go teach or have a lessons with somebody, I say to them, you can write me after this, whatever you want, <laughs> ask me any question about anything, especially if like, for example, you're in music school, I went to music school, and I've been out in the world being a musician. So, you know, so like I'm an open book, you can ask. Nobody has ever written me. They never do. They never do. And I, you know, that's not, a, I mean, I don't care really. I'm just a little like, it's not a big blow to my ego or anything, but you could write me, you know, I will write you back. I'll write you, Cam. I'll, yeah, I'll write please, you. Please, Nick. You're going to get so many please. messages there. I hope so. I hope so. This is a huge audience. <laughs> yeah. Well, four. Yeah, there's four people here. Yeah. Thank you for having Please. me, Nick. And great <laughs> to talk with you guys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Nick? Uh, I, have, I have a website. It's nickgrinder.com. <laughs> um, I've got some albums. Bandcamp is a great place to get those. If you want to um, have the most, go to the artist. I always think that's the best. Uh, so bandcamp.com. I think just slash Nick Grinder. Got two albums on there. I had one come out last year on Outside In. Uh, yeah. That's that's pretty much it. Sure. Questions, anything, whatever, you know. <laughs> uh, Chris Teal? Uh, let's see. I, I have not updated my personal website in a while, so you, <laughs> you can check out christeal.com if you'd like. Uh, but uh, my 
Instagram. I think it's just Chris Teal Drums. And uh, we're doing a lot of stuff with the Institute for Creative Music YouTube. Some new courses and lots of, got an album coming out uh, later this week. So just look up Institute for Creative Music on the old YouTube there. You've been Thanks very for having me on Instagram. I've been, I've been noticing. Oh, it's, it's, it's full. Of, I'm, it's, it's a private account. So you got to oh, request. Oh, okay. So, so that's why I'm, I'm letting all the goods come out for people who, uh, I have to pass the test. So <laughs> all you guys, you're, you're in. So anybody, yeah. and <laughs> all Jeremy? kinds of stuff. Um, you can find my stuff at my website is jeremysiskin.com spelled like Jeremy S is kind. Um, you go there, it'll still say that I have a lot of gigs, but I don't have any more gigs coming up. <laughs> there are no <laughs> like, like, I no just figured I, w I wouldn't even like bother going on there and saying that they were canceled because yeah. we all know it's all canceled. Yeah, um, yeah and uh, if you're interested in the Perpetual Motion A2 that's on everywhere you can stream music, plus there's videos. There's, like, I think, good looking videos of them on They're YouTube. Beautiful. Uh, yeah, thanks. thanks. Um, I'm not saying that I'm good looking. I'm saying that the videos are well produced. But we're saying you're good looking. Yeah. That's true. Oh, wow. We do this for you. <laughs> Amazing. Well, if you can check out these guys, listen to their music, support their projects. We uh, really appreciate that. And uh, so thank you to all four of you for being here. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Nick. Uh, thanks, Nick. We could reconnect and uh, yeah. we'll see you soon.